Welcome to On the Table. I'm Dorothy, and I'm here with a wonderful group of Christian women to discuss the issues of the day. Much like we did in the old days around the kitchen table when the kids were in school. The call-in number is 646-595-4784 if you want to call in with a question or a prayer request. Press 1 to raise your hand in the queue. Our contact email is on the table VC at com. Now, we may not all agree all of the time, but isn't that half fun? Different perspectives coming from different experiences and learning from each other. Pull up a chair and join us on this excellent adventure in the reality of Christianity. Let's just see what's on the table tonight. Good evening, everyone. I'm here, but the girls have not come yet, so rather than just canceling or postponing until next week, just discuss. This is an excellent study. Seems every time we have a really good study to share with you guys, something happens, but we're going to rebuke that. I'm going to play a song. It's about four minutes long. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's the one they played during my baptism as a child. So, Let's see if I can get this done. Tragedy for me to turn away. 
All right, that wasn't the song I was thinking of. We're still waiting for Ronnie, so I'm going to play the song I was thinking of and give her a few more minutes. Let's see if I can find it. There it is. story of a small village in India. And in this village, there was this family that came to a saving faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. This agitated the village so much and everybody became so upset that an angry mob gathered and shoved them into the public square. The village chief confronted them and he said to the man, if you and your family will not recant your faith, you all will surely die. The man didn't know what to say or what to do. And so the only thing that came to mind for him were the words of the song that he himself had composed when he had first surrendered his life to God. And so he began to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And with that, horrifically, his children were killed. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning He was given another chance, this time with his wife's life on the line. And yet he continued to sing, Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, 
no turning back. After her tragic death, he was given one final opportunity, this time to save himself. And yet he continued to sing. Even though that man and his family died on that day, something remarkable happened. A seed was planted in the heart of that village chief, a seed that began to grow over time, and eventually he called the community together in that very same neighborhood, in that very same square, and he renounced his former faith and declared his allegiance to Jesus Christ. And a celebration broke out in that moment and the gospel began to flourish and to grow in that community, not just in that village, but across the whole region. Because they had seen real faith and they knew the true character of God because of a family that believed and sacrificed even under the penalty of death. About. I think they played that. I think they played that. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, that's the one they played during, my, one baptismal played during my baptismal ball. <laughs> okay, the girls are here. Yes. All right, the reason I wanted to discuss the Jewish wedding ceremony is because, all things considered, we, we have to remember that our Christian faith has Hebraic roots. Not that we're supposed to go and take on all the law, like the, there's a movement on to do that, because there was a kerfuffle in the early church. I think it was between Paul and Peter, who was saying, no, you don't expect the Gentiles to be Jewish. You know, it's just not going to happen. But anyway, it provides context and understanding when you understand the feasts and the wedding ceremony as it relates to us, and, and it's just a wonderful study. And I think, you guys, when I said the Tanakh, I was meaning, there is a Jewish book of oral traditions that, um, and I, the, the paper you sent, 
p.m. The Tanuk is is basically the the Torah, so that was obviously the wrong word. But do you remember what the name is for the oral, the book of oral traditions? No. (laughs) (laughs) My brain's not switched on tonight. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to have to get it in gear. Take some of the, what is that stuff they give you for memory? Ginkgo biloba. Let's get our ginkgo biloba out. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, the the ceremony, because even his return... (laughs) And his coming, his first coming, was based on the feast. The feasts are like practice. It's rehearsal for his whole plan. So understanding the concept mm-hmm. of the Jewish thing, I think, just deepens our understanding of what to expect and when to expect it. So, um, Ronnie, you want to start out with what you found? Okay, I just brought up my notes. So, um, you want me to start out with what the customs of the Jewish wedding? Yeah, let's um, start out with the customs, but let's take them one at a time and explain how sure. we relate. Okay, I wish I knew Jewish because I don't know how to pronounce. Maybe Pam does. Um, oh I no! Should, <laughs> should Doug? <laughs> I know I'm not doing this right, but Shedekin? I don't know. It's really, it's an arrangement that's preliminary to the betrothal. So it's the first step in the marriage process. And um, the arrangements um, that are preliminary to to the legal betrothal. So in Egypt, in ancient, excuse me, in Egypt, I don't know where that came from, in ancient Israel, The father of the groom selects the bride for his son. Um, And then we can look up. I'm very sorry about this. But in Genesis 24, 1 through 4, we'll notice if we bring that up. I don't know if you want me to read all that, Dorothy, or not. Um, But in the passage, Abraham is making an arrangement for his son Isaac's wedding. Um. I'm sorry, just a second. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm I'm trying to pull up all my... It's okay. It's just my e-sword and all my... So, but if we read the scripture, Genesis 24, 1 through 4, we'll find out that that Abraham is making arrangements for his son's Isaac's wedding. Um, And while the father usually had the responsibility in Abraham's life, it wasn't possible. So if it wasn't possible for the father to make the arrangements for whatever reason, um, it was acceptable for the father to delegate that responsibility to a representative, um, which I thought was kind of cute because they were called a matchmaker or a marriage broker. Um, So that was the first first step. In in um, in starting the marriage, or or in starting the uh, betrothal, was was this conjunction? I wish someone would call in that knew how to speak um, Jewish, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, those Jewish words are hard to pronounce. Yes, they are. Um, and then the next phase of that step was the Ketubah, and that means written in Hebrew. So it it was and it still is today the marriage contract, and that would include the provisions and conditions of the marriage, and that would mean like. Um, the groom promises to support his wife and the bride would stipulate the contents of her dowry. Um, and we can see that described in Genesis 24, 52 through 53. So despite the fact that it's an arranged marriage, it, it does appear that the consent of the bride was very much a part of this, of this step. So the husband would choose, I mean, the father of the bride the father of the groom, gosh, I'm getting mixed up, um, would select the bride, but it was up to the bride if she was going to accept or not. I, I do, I do see shades of, uh, you know, with us too. We, we decide if we want to. We make the choice if we accept the Lord or not. So it, it's, what's the word I'm looking for, Dorothy? It's um. Like a foreshadowing, or not? That's yeah. not the right word. Um, you think it's so? an example? Okay. It's a rehearsal. It's it's an explanation, mm-hmm. really. Um, we mm-hmm. also have a written contract, although we don't literally physically sign it. We have the New Testament. Yeah. That is written. So there's one uh, pa- parallel. Pam, can you think of yes. any others? There we go. Pardon? I will can you think of then. any other? <laughs> In that portion, do you see any other par- parallels with our walk? Um, I was just going down to bridal, you know, to price, <laughs> bridal payment. Yeah. Um, oh, you skipped yeah. ahead. Well, that's yeah. Max. No, that's, that's Max. Yeah. I can't think of anything said, else that would go with that, Dorothy, besides um, father. You know, it's a father that picks, and it's up to the bride if she's going to accept or not. And, yeah. Right. And and that there is that scripture that says um, you would not, oh, Except the Father called you, you would not know me. I think that was in the part where he was telling the disciples who he was. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so that relationship with the Father and making the arrangements and making sure we knew this was our groom, that's what I see. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead on to the next (laughs) one. Go ahead on to the next one. Go ahead, Pam. Uh, the moha or bridal payment. This is sometimes called the bride price. It is a gift paid by the groom to the bride's family, but ultimately belongs to the bride. It changed her status and set her free from her parents' household. We see this illustrated in two biblical examples: Isaac and Rebecca, in Genesis 24 and 50, uh, verse 53. Jacob and his wives in Genesis 29, uh, verses 20 to 27. 
at the mikveh, or ritual immersion. Although not mentioned in the narrative to prepare for betrothal, it was common for the bride and groom to separately take a ritual immersion. The ritual immersion, mikveh, taken from the Hebrew HWQM, I don't know how you pronounce that, uh, was prior to actually entering into the formal betrothal period and was symbolic of spiritual cleansing. Uh, To illustrate in Messiah's Bride, the Shidukin Mm -hmm. starts with the father's selection of a bride for his beloved son. So too were we selected by the father to be his beloved son's loving precious bride. That's in Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1.4. As in the case of Isaac, there is also a matchmaker. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 10-12. We also have a legal contract, a ketubah, HBTK, which is the new covenant itself in which the groom promises to love and care for his bride and to give himself for her. He also has paid the proper price for his bride, his own life. The bride promises to pay her dowry, her financial status, that of her yielded life and to keep herself for him. The Moha is also illustrated in our our relationship to Yeshua. We are told in 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 to 20 that we have been redeemed with a price. We are also told that our bride's price is not just silver and gold, but his own life in 1 Peter 1 verses 18 to 19. Both bride and groom have undergone the waters of mikveh or immersion. Yeshua at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew 3, 13-17 and we his bride in the cleansing waters. Ephesians 5, 26-27, 1 Corinthians 6-11. The erosin or betrothal. The word erosin means betrothal. The period is also called Kiddushin, meaning sanctification or set apart. This word really defines the purpose of the betrothal period. It is a time in which the couple are to set aside to prepare themselves to enter into the covenant of marriage. The Jewish understanding of betrothal has always been much stronger than our modern understanding of an engagement. The betrothal was so binding that the couple would need a religious divorce or, in brackets, get, in order to annul the contract, Deuteronomy 24, 1-4. This option was only available for the husband, as the wife had no say in any divorce proceeding. This point will be very important when we see the, the spiritual implications later. Yeah. But that is where we got our engagement, I think, right? That's where we got the modern day. Yeah. That was I just thought that was so interesting that we've taken so much from Yeah. I think that must be why 
divorced Mary when they were just, they weren't even married yet. They were just engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that always struck me odd. Yeah, they were betrothed, but they weren't living in marriage. I think it's really interesting. It is very interesting. I I love this whole thing, Pam. Pardon? I said I find this whole thing interesting. I I just love love studying this, Pam. Thank you again for... (laughs) This really opened my eyes. It's... I really like this study. Um, I think this is just the background. I think it's when you get deeper into it, isn't it? Yes, yes. After the couple had undergone mikveh immersion, each separately, they would appear together under the hopper or canopy. And in public, they would express their intention of becoming betrothed or engaged. That's like our baptism service. From ancient times, the wedding canopy has been a symbol of a new household being planned. Psalm 95 and Joel 2.16. While under the hopper, I call that a lack, we're under the covering. The couple participated in the ceremony in which some items of value were exchanged, such as rings and a cup of wine, were shared to seal the betrothal vows. After the ceremony, the couple were considered to have entered into the betrothal agreement. This period was to last for one year. During this time, the couple was considered married, yet did not have sexual relations, and continued to live separately until the end of the betrothal. We see this time of betrothal illustrated in the Gospels as reflected in the lives of Joseph and Miriam. Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Right. The Matan, our bridal gift. Following this betrothal ceremony, the groom would return to his home to fulfill his obligations during the betrothal. But just prior to leaving, he would give his wife-to-be a Matan, our bridal gift, a pledge of his love for her. Its purpose was to be a reminder to his bride during their days of separation of his love for her, that he was thinking of her and that he would return to receive her as his wife. During betrothal, the groom's responsibility was to focus on preparing a new dwelling place for his bride and family. In biblical times, this was most often done not by building a new home, but by simply adding additional rooms to the family's existing home. The rabbis determined that the place to which the bride was to be taken must be better than the place she had lived before. Hey, I like them guys. (laughs) It was not the groom's duty to determine when the place he was preparing for the bride was ready. His father would make that determination and give the go-ahead to receive his bride. The bride also was to keep herself busy in preparation for the wedding day. Specifically, wedding garments were to be sewn and prepared. Yeah. Okay, let's stop there for a minute. Yeah, that's a good Um, point, because we see that Father's going to prepare 
well, he's preparing a house for us. Jesus said he's going to go prepare a house for us, which is what this groom is doing in in this Jewish wedding. And also, um, they didn't know when he would return to get his bride. Only the father knew. Shush it. Yeah. Shush it. Yeah. So that's another So now we understand why why those statements were made. They weren't just really new statements. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and I didn't know that before. And would the gift be, in in our situation, the Holy Spirit? Yes. I would assume so. Yes. Yeah, because he said yeah. that he says that's the promise. We're sealed. Right. That's his promise. And so. I didn't write that scripture down. <laughs> <laughs> when when. Our preparation, the, the garments, uh, preparing the garments, would be our sanctification process mm-hmm. aided by the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not automatically a done deal. That, that's no. preparation. You have to walk it out. Yeah. All right, now we can see what they say, now that we've made ourselves clear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read? Yes, please. Sure. <clears throat> this is illustrated in Messiah's betrothal to his bride. As the betrothal includes the blessings of the wine under the chuppah, one of the last of Yeshua's actions was to bless the cup of the new covenant, the cup of the ketubah. That contract of marriage. He too stated that he would not taste it again until a later time. When you see that makes sense now, doesn't it? That last drink of wine. Yes. Yes. When he would drink at the wedding feast. The image of our betrothal also answers the question of whether believers can lose their salvation. Mm-hmm. The scripture points to the fact that we are betrothed to the Messiah. We are in that engagement period prior to the wedding. As in any betrothal, the promise is so sure of our wedding that it would take a religious get, divorce, to nullify the contract. This get, this divorce get, is only available to the husband. This too is promised by God in Hosea 2, 19-20. He promises that he will betrothal his people to himself forever. Would God ever divorce his people? Malachi 2.16. Certainly, it is not in his character to divorce, because God hates divorce. The lesson or implications are quite clear. We are secure in our Messiah's contract with us. We cannot break it, and he promises that he will not break it. John 10.28. How is Messiah fulfilling his betrothal obligations? What was the duty of the bridegroom during the period of the betrothal? You pre- to prepare a house for his bride-to-be, is this not what he, Yeshua, said he would be doing? He is fulfilling his part of the betrothal. That's in John 14, verse 1-3. Where is the Matan? Our bridal gift of love from Messiah. If indeed we are his betrothed, 
Remember the word matan means gift or pledge. In Greek, the word is charismata, gift. In Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, Paul tells us that this pledge or gift is the Holy Spirit, a promise of love that he will return for us. Interestingly, this pledge was given at Shabbat at Pentecost. Yes. Acts 2, 1 to 4. Could he also be telling us not only of his love, but just how he is fulfilling Jeremiah 31, 33? Look that up. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. It says, Jeremiah 33 says, uh-huh, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts Heart. and write yep. it in their hearts and, will be, and yeah. will be their God and they shall be my people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, There's yeah. also somewhere else in Scripture that says he will become our ish, ishi, which means husband. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. remember where it is, of course. I'm so helpful. Isaiah. <laughs> Let me see if my, I can find it. Um, but that word to me means a lot. Because in my life, I've been married twice. And the first man was not really my husband. And I don't really know how to explain that. Because we were married legally and all that. But this time, the second time, he is my husband. And it brings up a Wait, whole bunch say of... say that all over again. <laughs> okay. Say that against me. You've been married twice. Right. And the first time, I never felt that he was my husband. Because husband is okay. a special word. It's a special role. Yeah. But this second yeah. time, even when we're fussing, uh-huh. I have that confidence... Of course, Father told me in the uh-huh. dream, so that helps with the confidence, that this is my husband. Harold is my husband. Okay. I get it. So I know what you're saying. I, I hope the, uh, the listeners can understand that, because husband is a whole different thing than just being married to someone. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. You learn that with age, though, I think. <laughs> yes, very much so. so. I definitely and experience. we've got that in space. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's continue. Okay. Uh, but, but what of his bride? What is she to be doing? During this one-year period, the bride would consecrate herself and prepare holy garments for the upcoming marriage. Paul puts this preparation in very clear terms in Ephesians 5 I'll, I'll go to Ephesians 5 questions Ephesians 5 uh, verse 25 to 27 there we are husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water, the word, 
that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things, that she might be holy and faultless. You see, and that speaks about mm-hmm. his blood cleansing, being cleansed by his blood yeah. and by his yeah. The bridegroom is making preparations to return for his bride. We need to ask ourselves, are we, as is betrothed, keeping our garments clean? Are we arrayed in bridal attire and keeping our ketubah covered in promises and vows? The Nisuin marriage itself. The culminating step in the process of the Jewish wedding. The final step in the process, apologies to any Hebrew speakers, is called Nisuin. The word comes from the Hebrew verb Nasa, which means to carry. This is a graphic description as a bride would be waiting for her groom to come to carry her off to her new home. The period of the betrothal was a a time of great anticipation as the bride waited for the arrival of her betrothed. One of the unique features of the biblical Jewish wedding was the time of the groom's arrival. It was to be a surprise. The bride took the betrothal seriously, expecting that at the end of the year, long period of the betrothal, she knew the approximate time, but the exact hour or day was uncertain. It was the father of the groom who would give the final approval for the marriage to begin. The coming of the bridegroom and the wedding begins. Since the time of his arrival was a surprise, the bride and her bridal party were always to be ready. This is the background of Yeshua's parable, Matthew 25, 1-13. It was customary, I'm presuming that's, that's the... Um, yeah what we did last week, the virgins. I'll just check. I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, <clears> 25. 25 is. Yes, it is. Okay. It was customary for one of the groom's party to go ahead of the bridegroom, leading the way to the bride's house, and shout, Behold, the bridegroom comes. This would be followed by the sounding of the shofar, at the sounding of the shofar, the entire wedding processional would go through the streets of the city to the bride's house. The groomsmen would again set up the chuppah. Again, the couple would say a blessing over the cup of wine. The ceremony finalized the promises and vows. The pinnacle of this joyful celebration was the marriage supper. It was much more than just a sit-down dinner for all the guests. It included seven full days of food, music, dance, and celebration. After the festivities, the husband was free to bring his bride to their new home to live, together as husband and wife in the full covenant of marriage. Yeshua told his disciples that he did not know the day or the hour of his return. This is not so much to say he does not have all knowledge, but as with any Jewish bridegroom, he must wait for his father to give the word that the set time has come. As we noted before, in a traditional Jewish wedding, 
One of the groomsmen would go before the arrival of the groom and shout, Behold, the bride, the groom comes. Should we expect anything less with the coming of our heavenly bridegroom? But where do we see such an event? If we look to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 18. Let me have a look. One. I'm also wondering if part of that is is the coming of Elijah before the day. I wonder if that's um, included in Probably. Well, in those two verses, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, with the shout of an archangel, and with the blast of the trumpet of God, and those who have departed this life in Christ will rise first. Then we, the living ones who remain on the earth, shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected dead in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so always through the eternity of the eternities we shall be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort and encourage one another with these words. Uh, that's it. So we see that just prior to our Lord's turn, there will indeed be a shout from one of the ruling angels. What might this angel shout? Could it be, Behold, the groom comes? We also saw that after this joyful proclamation of the groomsmen, there was a traditional Jewish wedding, the joyful sounding of the shofar. Will this happen? Our Lord returns to receive his bride. If we continue yeah. reading the description of our Lord's future wedding in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-18, which I've just read, at the sounding of the shofar, the entire wedding processional would go through the streets of the city to the bride's house. But where is this wedding processional Yeshua's coming wedding? Again, it is clearly pictured for us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-18, where all of Yeshua's wedding parties gathered together for the great wedding feast. The pinnacle of the Jewish wedding was a joyful celebration of the marriage supper. This too is a facet of our Lord's soon coming wedding in Revelation 19, 7-9. So if we, if, if I could that. Right here. Have you? Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Um, was it just those two verses, or 7 through 9? And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Blessed are we when we're called to the marriage supper. That's, that's for sure. So, I've lost it. Did you lose your, yourself, Pam? I would just, yeah. Well, I mean, it just gives questions uh, after that, and then it gives you additional resources about this topic. Um, that yeah, you, can, you can get. 
Now, I do disagree with this author, the author of this study on whether or not God divorced, because he did divorce. Uh, I think it's in one of the minor prophets, because um, he divorced the northern tribes, Ephraim. He did not divorce Judah. If you remember, he divorced Israel because they were whoring after... He was whoring after, they, they were whoring after other gods, the, you know, the pagan gods, the Baal and Molech and all those hooligans. So he did divorce them, but, and it is, it is law, I think it's in Deuteronomy where it says that you cannot go back to the, the husband after your divorce unless mm-hmm. he dies. But Jesus did die, so he can bring this bride back and, you know, marry this bride again. But, yeah, God does do divorce if it's necessary. I mean, it took him a long time to do it with Ephraim, but he did do it. Because he says, I'm going to, I'm not going to call you my people. Remember Loami? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it, I, um, is it Malachi. What is the minor prophet that covers that? I don't have my scripture right in front of me. I don't remember. I have Hosea. Uh, is that who you're talking about? Oh, Hosea. Yes, Hosea. It was Hosea. And why did they call um, them minor prophets? I mean, really? Is that because they wrote smaller books? Puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I just I have a strange way of thinking sometimes. <laughs> so you're okay, so what are you saying? Are you saying that God divorced the nation of Israel? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Not his But that's people. the northern okay. part. There was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Or Hosea. The, Let's see Hosea. The southern kingdom was called Judah. The northern kingdom, I believe it was Ephraim. God um, will say a Mary Gomer, right? Yes, he, he, ordered, he ordered the prophet oh, so God to marry a whore. Situation. God yes. used the situation of the prophet to illustrate the fact that Israel did not be able to God. Um, so I think right. so that God loves his people despite their infidelity because it wasn't in Moses. He allowed Moses to say we could divorce from adultery because of the hardness of our hearts. Yes. Yes. So there's only, there's only one rule by which he accepts divorce, and that's except it be for uh, adultery. Right. And that's what... See, in the beginning, the northern there were questions kingdom. in Jesus, weren't they? Yes. There were, there were, the, the Pharisees yes. were questioning him and saying, you know, it says that Moses said, you know, we've just got to give him a piece of paper. And he says uh, that that was what Moses gave them, because they, they, they actually relied more on what Moses said than what God said. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, he yeah. says, yeah, Moses allowed that because of the hardness of your heart. But in the beginning, it was mm-hmm. not so. But I right. to you, unless it be, um, you know, except it be for adultery. You know, and so I think that's a clue there. And that's also oh. why Joseph was was offered the opportunity to divorce Mary because um, they had not had relations, and she was prego. So, you know, yeah. obviously in, in man's thinking, she must have been in an adulterous relationship. Yeah. Of course, no differently. Yeah. Pardon me. You okay? But it just, yeah, it's just it's muggy, so. Oh, okay. Just won't be a sec. I've just got to move something. My dogs are loose. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just think that think this brings out so much context in the whole thing. It does. You're right, it does. Because um, now we understand. Okay, here's, here's an answer to your question. The term major prophets and minor prop, prophets are simply a way to divide the Old Testament prophetic books. The major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And the minor prophets are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, um, Habakkuk, I can't say all these. Zephaniah, Haggai, Malachi, and Zechariah. The minor prophets are sometimes called the twelve. No, they're they're called the twelve. Twelve. I don't know. Thirteen. Now I'm going to have to go back and count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. No, there's twelve. So the minor prophets are sometimes the major prophets are described as major because their books are longer and the content has like global implications. And the minor prophets are described as minor because their books are shorter, although Hosea and Zechariah are almost as long as Daniel. Um, and the contents more narrowly focused. They go on to say it doesn't mean that the minor prophets are any less inspired than the major prophets. It's simply a matter of God choosing to reveal more to major prophets than he did to minor prophets. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm back. That's yeah. <sighs> well, for some well, reason, I thought well, there was 13. Wow. I think Vietnam or Oh, we've got a we've got a um an echo on do you have that Pam? No. Oh, your headset oh no, it's gone. No, I'm fine now. I don't know what happened. I guess I was doing my you... stuff. I thought Pam was getting on to her dogs. <laughs> no. Nah. When you I've use the headphones, you have to use the headphones. Yeah, I've, put, I've cleaned them up for him in the crate. 
an accident. It says here that Jewish tradition likens a couple to a king and queen. The Kala will be seated on a throne to receive her guests. Well, the, I guess the groom is surrounded by guests who sing and toast him. And then they break a plate. I always wanted to break a plate. <laughs> yeah. What is the symbolism of breaking the plate? I thought that was Greek. It is Greek. I thought it was Greek, too. <laughs> But it says that at this time, the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom stand together and break a plate. And the reason is to show the seriousness of the commitment. Just as a plate can never be fully repaired, so a broken relationship can never be fully repaired. So it's it's a symbolic, huh? I think those Greeks just do it when they're dancing around, don't they? Yes. (laughs) But it's actually in this wedding. Uh, an Ashkenazi tradition. I used what to break say? a lot of plates, but we're already married then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I broke oh, all of those plates. Does that mean anything? <laughs> huh? <laughs> My husband has these ugly green plates. I broke every one of them. Yeah. You liked them, Dorothy. You mean. Yeah. I I, I had to buy a teeth up in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to this. The veiling of the... Kala by the Shatan. Anyway, the veil symbolizes the idea of modesty and conveys the lesson that however attractive physical appearances may be, the soul and the character are paramount. So it's reminiscent of Rebecca covering, covering her face before marrying Isaac. We, we carry that on into our traditions as well. The veil. Yes, we do. And it has nothing to do with with being the bride of Christ, but it does actually take in a lot of their customs into our modern day wedding. I wonder if it might have something to do with the veil in the temple, though. Between the inner and outer chambers. That's interesting. That's a good thought. That's a really good thought. I don't know. After reading after reading Doug's um, book and reading how intertwined the feasts and the temple are, it just I mm-hmm. think differently now. Yeah, I do too. That's a really good question. I'm going to be looking that up. Know that. That's really good. That's a good point, Dorothy. Thank you. Huh. Oh, and Roz sends her apologies for not being here tonight. Is something wrong with her? No. The veil was. She had an appointment, so. I think, 
I hope she's okay. All righty. I'm sorry I'm late. Did I already say that? I was yeah, running we did. and Three trying times. to get in here. Okay, three times. Okay. Well, I won't say it again. I I, I don't like to Tony did his physical therapy okay? Oh, uh, no, really, really, no, no. It really was just going in there and getting kind of signed up, really, you know, answering questions and then looking at it and, and all of that. So, yeah, he's on his way, though. It, it says that the wine is a symbol of joy in Jewish tradition. <laughs> well, so... Someone had mentioned it, to me that the, at the Passover supper, the wine mm-hmm. that's taken is called the cup of remembrance. I should have looked up this before we started. Oh, really? Uh, I'm ready yeah, it's not just, It's not just a cup of wine. It's the cup of remembrance, which, you know, take this in remembrance of me thing. Might have more to do with that feast. Because, you know, he is our... The Lord gave me a word about that particular piece um, many years ago. And uh, I said, I, I, I said, I told him, I said I would share it to give me the opportunity. And two weeks later, the pastor asked me to read that piece for the, you know, commun- uh, communion. And so I shared yeah. that word. And uh, yeah, and what the Lord was saying, what, what the Lord gave me to say to him was, when when you take the wine, do this, do this, and you know, drink this. It's my blood. And then when he brought the bread, he says, eat this, take it in remembrance of me. And the Lord were asking, what do you remember? Because so many people forget what He's done for us, what His sacrifice has made available to us for healing, deliverance, uh, and all the rest of it. And, and I don't think, uh, you know, I think that what, what Allah was saying to him, you know, make your mind up. And you've forgotten. Yeah, there's a lot of... The, the Passover, he has become our Passover lamb, which is another yeah. very interesting study if you truly look into Passover. And um, yeah. all the things about what got, you know, a lamb to be called the Passover lamb, because it wasn't just any lamb that was allowed to be a Passover lamb. There were certain Not, restrictions. And it was that, without the blood from the, right, the original Passover lamb, when you put it on the doorpost, you remember all those plagues that were going on mm-hmm. in Egypt at the time. So you were being kept from the plagues yeah, as well. So the, was it the that particular, angel of Yeah, that particular death? night they did it. That was the night when, when, when the death angel flew over and all the firstborn died. The Egyptian firstborn died. Right. So it was and also a mark. Yeah. And that blood today is what marks us in spiritual realm. We can't see it, but in spiritual realm they can. 
And it's that same, you know, blood of lamb. Ah. But the spirit realm can see it. Yes. yes. It just does. Yes. Have you ever noticed that some there's sometimes you can come, you can come, you can, you can be in some people's uh, uh, presence and you can feel uh, animosity towards you for no reason whatsoever? Oh, yes, I've had that happen at the Chinese restaurant. Yes, I, you can feel what? Yeah, and depth. I didn't hear. Yes, I didn't hear. Them. Yeah. A spirit of what? It's the spirit in them. They recognize who you are. Oh, yes. 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 That does happen from time to time. I just smile at them. Uh Huh? Yeah. Well, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. Right. It is a very strange experience the first time, though. Oh, yeah. But I I know... I used to think... Yeah, am I supposed to know that person? Is that someone I used to know and have forgotten? Or, you know... Yeah. But then when it keeps happening, you finally get it. I asked God to show me that side one time, and we went to Walmart. Um, I asked to see into the spiritual realm, and we went to Walmart, and you know how Walmart gets very busy. I guess they probably don't have Walmarts where you are, do they, Pam? But it's a big store, and it gets very busy, and they sell everything from food to clothing to anything you want in this store. Oh, yeah, and we have a lot of them. So I went in there, and usually you run into, you know, people that are just hurrying along and trying to get their shopping done. And But this one time I went there, stop that, baby, they – uh. Everywhere I went, down every aisle I went, were nice people that were smiling and happy and getting out of the way for me. And it was just so, I was, I was laughing. I was laughing so hard. But on the other hand, we drove to a different part of town, and it was so heavy and so that it just hung in the air that this was not a good place to be. You know, you could yeah. feel... You could feel the other side at work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was this? Like discernment. Huh? It's discernment, isn't it? You know. You just sense it. Yes. It's almost like an electricity with the bad. With the bad. Oh, gosh. I don't know it's what It's hard to remember sometimes that there there's great spiritual battles going on all around us all the time. It is. It is sometimes. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's very in your face. 
But that's true. <laughs> sometimes you can forget. Well, so I really are we enjoy done that teaching. Topic? Yeah, I Pardon? think it sounds like we are. <laughs> it sounds like we are. I, I, I think, yeah, unless anybody else comes up with any ideas. Yeah, I think we're done with this subject. It was beautiful. And the Lord, well, oh. I mean, you, I mean one, one of the notes I did put down is like the preparation, uh, you know, the, the ritual immersion. Uh, not Queen Esther's preparation. Esther is also symbolic of intercession. And we are I didn't get that last part. Intercession. She was what? Symbolic of what? Intercession. Esther was brought intercession. into a place. Yeah. yeah. She was born for such a time as, as then. And she, mm-hmm. she became a queen, but she had to go through preparation first. And and she became an inter, inter, in, she interceded for the for the uh, Hebrews um, when Amon wanted to kill them all, and he had no idea that he thought he'd got really well well on with the queen when she uh, invited him to a banquet in his honour, and he thought I've cracked it now with queen I'm all right with king because I've cracked it with queen. Only what he didn't realise was that she asked for wisdom and um, because Mordecai, her uncle Mordecai had been, been praying for her as well and she told the king uh, that she admitted to the king that she was Jewish and that the edict it sent out on Amon's advice meant that she would get killed and the king, king loved her. So they said, well, he can't take his commandment back but what he can as well, what you can do is give us the the um, the uh, means by which we can defend ourselves, and he did. But Amon and his and his family and his followers all got hung on gallows. And that's why I had to celebrate for him every year. I'm going to say something that might be controversial about the Esther thing, I see that going on today with the exposing of the corruption in the media and the ruling classes, if you want to call them classes, the political class, where all this filth is being exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See that we that's where that's where the church comes in. Yes. And I all when after the church I always make a difference that I mean the believers, not the not the mainline religious uh, establishments. That's why we need to keep everything in prayer right now that's going yeah. on. Yes. 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 I think Father is clearing the way for the end time harvest. So 
And he promised he would live well, on the skirt. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why that's why there's so much hatred toward Christians, because they can't just get away with it. Yeah. The, the, the powers, and I'm not talking about men and women and flesh, I'm not flesh and blood, but the spiritual <clears throat> powers know that while we remain, that we... We we we're like um we're like salt we're 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 holding them back from doing what they want to do, and folks don't realise that what their real aim is is to destroy humanity itself, and they're doing it in ways that they don't realise, you know, because they're sugar coated. Yes. I know what you're saying. It's so sugar-coated. Mm-hmm. It's attractive. It looks good. Yes. But it's destroying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we'll stop humanity from growing. How do you do that? Oh, yes. You get them confused about the sexes. You, you, you back up abortion. You kill babies. That's one of the ways that they're doing it. You confuse them, you, you you get them depressed so that they commit suicide. That's another way they're doing it. There's several ways that they're doing it. And they don't realise yeah, okay. that this is the enemy at work, the enemy of their souls, not just ours, but theirs. Mm-hmm. And you've got big pharma. Oh. Yeah, you've got yeah. big pharma drugging everybody and chemtrails poisoning us from the, air. The the air is poisoned. The the GMO food is poisoned. The chemtrails. The I mean, it, I can't even recall off the top of my head all the different angles they're using. So and wall. the indoctrination in the, in the school. Yeah. Yep. Starvation. Euthanasia. What is it to do? It's to kill mankind off. Genetic engineering with foods, genetic modifi- modifying of foods, so instead of it feeding us properly, it's poisoning us. It's and I think most us. of the obesity is because... People are not getting nutrition, so their body is on constant looking for no nutrition. They're starving yeah. to death, even though they weigh a few hundred pounds. Yeah. And how much is a stone, anyway? <laughs> I don't know. I know. I'm 11. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that in the shows. I watch, oh, she's so many stone, and I'm going, how much is a stone? I have no concept. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't do it when you're doing so many pounds, and I think, well, I'll have to Google it and find out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to look it up. I just put the the conversion table up on Google. You know, I do it for uh, weights and measures. I do it for um, dollars and 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 pounds. I do it for. Um, you know, even Celsius and Fahrenheit. <laughs> I know when it's warm, when it's in Fahrenheit, but when it's Celsius. Yeah. 
So is there anything else we want to discuss, or do we want to close up? Well, I don't think there's anything else, really, is there? I know there's lots that you can actually um, look at this and see through the Old Testament, and the, as well as the New Testament, about the bride and about the, the, the groom. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean the, the one of the um, books in the Old Testament is the Song of Solomon, and and that is a love letter. It's it's about the groom and 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 you know the the bride. I think that's absolutely lovely. It used to have me. Um, just oh, Dorothy. We yes. have somebody that called in that wants to talk. Oh. Really? So. Yeah. So should I put the I'll microphone? I'll the on? mic. I don't. See, I don't see a hand up. But go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, caller. Hello. Can you hear Hello? me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh well, ladies. God bless you all. Uh, Good evening. Stone weighs three pounds. It's the same as a talent. Ah. <laughs> what did you say? So that that's not why I called though, but. That that was an interesting thing. I had to look it up right away. Uh, you know, when, when when you ladies are talking uh, about uh, uh, comparing the Jewish wedding with with uh, how things are done here on earth, it reminds me how God sets up uh, just about everything here on earth the way He does in heaven. You know, the the family unit, uh, uh, of course, marriage, and and uh, I mean, there's there's so many parallels. That There's no we don't really think about uh, when when we uh, uh, reveal these things, and uh, that's that's what stuck out to me uh, in, in your talk uh, about how wonderful that is. Yeah, everything God created is only mirrored down here. Yes, yes, Amen. I believe that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't even see the. The true beauty of it, the colours and everything um, are so completely different. The more vivid, the more living uh, than what we see them. I mean, I, I, I uh, went to a meeting once. I mean, I love, um, you know, looking at stars and planets and, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, um, mountains and that. I mean, I look around and I'm just... It just takes my breath away, the, the fantastic things that God's created. And, uh, yes. you know, it, I, it, break, it breaks my heart to see them ruined. And, um, you know, I went to a meeting, and uh, in this meeting, I don't, I don't, don't I can't remember the, the name of the people, but this particular night, this, this guy just turned around and he says, if you're wearing purple, stand up. And I thought, oh, I've got a word for you. So, well, I stood up. And uh, I, it, it was like all my hair stood on, on end <laughs> when he says, when, when this is what the Lord says. He says, I know you love my stars. I know you love my planets. And, you know, he says, I created them for you to enjoy. And, you know, and you haven't seen you know, what I've got waiting for you, for you to enjoy even more. And I thought, well, that's so true, that, because we we haven't. And, I mean, uh, 
I can't wait to see it, but I, I still think it's sad losing what's, what he's already created here. You know? Yeah. yeah. If, if you understand yeah. what I mean. I mean, I've heard some yeah. people's descriptions, and I think it's amazing. But we we really don't see the full colour and the full creativity of God. So we're on your shadow, and what we see is a shadow, just as the marriage... The marriage is uh, wedding custom is only a shadow, mm-hmm. and um, while we there is no marriage in heaven, there is actually when you think about it. We've just been discussing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the scripture where it says the reason we're here is for His pleasure. His creation was made for His pleasure, so. Yeah. He gets pleasure out of us. I think that is so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he gets a lot of displeasure as well, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. I like the scripture that says he shall joy over thee with singing. That really tickles me, that. Any more questions? <laughs> yeah, do you have any more questions? Caller? Uh, no, uh, I just enjoy listening. Uh, oh, that's nice. You, you know, when, when I think of how I felt when I looked down at one of my young children, I, I, I really like to think that's the way God looks down at, at us, that feeling. Yeah. So... That's that's about all I got. I just uh, wanted to call in and share that with you, and uh, uh, to bless you. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate Thank your you. show. You have a blessed day. Oh, Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. It's lovely. Bye bye. Well, we've got one listener. <laughs> <laughs> one person listening. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and he liked us. That was very encouraging. That was very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, I mean, there is a lot more that we can look at. Um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Watchman Nee, Song of Song of Solomon, uh, Song of Songs, I think it's called. That is a very, very good book to read. Um, so, well, when you're studying Song Song of Solomon. Oh yeah, because so many people miss so much thinking that it's just yeah. about a romantic relationship and what it really yeah. is about is how he feels about us put in terms that we understand yeah yeah it has oh, nothing it to do with Before physical I... but yeah. it uses the physical terminology and and once yeah. you understand that it just opens up the whole thing <laughs> I love the way yeah. Father talks to us so we can understand it. He talks to us about with farming terminology, with wedding terminology, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got an order to him, too, that I like. It's nothing just haphazardly done. It's all 
thought out so well, and he's so loving um, from, you know, like his kingdom, like down to earth, um, mm. and the wedding, and and being his bride, like we studied tonight, and just the whole thing. I just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was just beautiful. It shows you, it gives you a glimpse, I guess what I'm trying to say, it gives you a glimpse into the character of our, and, and the nature, not the character, the nature of our Lord. And um, yeah. He's just, is thinking, and it's just so beautiful and meticulous. And, um, it can ask about detail. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful, and so I just, I'm we just serve an awesome God. I just get very, very awestruck by all of it. And the more you find out about the Lord, or, you know, it's just it's never ending. I, I guess I'll keep learning until I go and leave this earth, and and then beyond. You know, it's so it's just wonderful. I think the more we, the more the deeper you go into into uh, into it all, the more you see. Um, I mean, I used to use uh, when I was going through divorce. I used to use the uh, I read the Song of Solomon I don't know how many times, and then got led to go and get the book. Um, uh-huh. which I, I think I shared with you that. I had a tremendous migraine, and I couldn't even couldn't even remember the name of the book to ask for it. But as soon as I got the book in my hand, the migraine went. Um, and I would I would pray the Psalms, and some of them I would act, they would they, they, they were descriptive as out of what I was going through, you know. So I would I would weep those out. Um, and, and to me, that's like I know what you're going through. I know I know where you've been. I know what you're going through. I know exactly how you feel, and I provided a way for you to express it. And I, I, that shows such a lot of caring and a lot of thought. And you know, the more you get to know him, you just can't help but but love him. You know, and he wins us by love. He don't win us by judgment. And that's what Uh religion does. Uh Religion judges you. But God Mm -hmm. wins us by love. Yes. Uh, He don't put us down for it. He knows that we're going to fail. But he's already already, uh, made preparations for that failure. Made preparations for that, yes. Yeah. He's already covered it. Yes. As, as I said before, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the Lord showed me in a, oh gosh, if I told you all, all dreams and that, but it, you know, that years that he's given to me, mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I, I've gone to him and I've said, I'm so sorry, I've done such and such and such, and, mm-hmm. and, and he took this paper from this wall, and it's got my name on it, and it, it, it like a scroll, and he undid it, and he went all the way down it, and he says, I'm sorry, but that's not here. Because the blood had wiped it out. 
but I would I would be tormented by the memory of it. You know, when yeah. I'd gone wrong. And mm-hmm. it's it's not here. I've already paid price for that. This is what covered it, right? Yeah. That's what I was talking about, I think, with Roz last week, because she says she does that, and I do that, too. And, um, yeah. I'd always, I always, then I start feeling grief that I do, that I think like that, because I do think it takes away from what Christ did on the cross. And, yeah. So I have to apologize and go back. My husband is really good about saying, just give it to the Lord, lay it down, let it go. It's covered yeah. under the blood. And, and yeah. go on. You know? Yeah. I know a lot of people think that the scripture that says we're to confess our sins one to another is so that we mm-hmm. can be chastised. And that's not it at all. It's no. so that we can help no. each other get yes. through the the sin that yeah. we're entangled in. And it's yeah. to support us, not to chastise us and make us feel guilty. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and That's so true. much of that is mistaught and it breaks my yeah. heart because it gives a whole different perspective when you look at it how it was meant to be taken. Yeah. That, that's one of my pet peeves, that one. Yeah. Well, I listened to uh, Sheila Zelinsky the other night. I downloaded her shows. And she had one about um, spiritual rape. And um, that was a very, very good one, that one. So, you know, if you want uh, a link for it, I can send you that. And and I think that's some of the ways that, that God's people are getting spiritually raped because of false teaching. Yes. They're being bound up. You know, they're not being set free. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You're free. But when you're in bondage, you're in bondage that somebody's put on you, even even yourself, when you put yourself in bondage. And why? Mm-hmm. Because you you don't know what he's done for you. Or you've not realized what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. And it's until yeah. so you, you you have it you have your eyes open to what he's actually done. What has he done? Well he's he's brought us back, as we said um, the other week. He's brought us back into that communion that that Adam had before he fell. He's brought us back into that. When we can walk and talk with God, we're not in the spirit yet in regards to still being in flesh and blood, but we're still within that communion. Why? Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So therefore, we're in that communion in the spirit. We won't have the the new body until it it takes us us home. Yeah, and it is a lot like how we deal with our children. Our children act like children, and they misbehave mm-hmm. sometimes. We don't sit there and, and say, oh, what a terrible person you are. You say, oh, that was not a good thing to do. Let's not do that again. <laughs> I still love you. You know, you, you don't condemn them, you know. That's right. 
Well, it's the same with the lard. It says, whom the lard loves, he also chastens. Yeah. There's a difference between being chastened and disciplined and being condemned. There's only one who is the accuser of the brethren and who condemns, and that's the yes. enemy. That's yes. the enemy. That's right. That's where condemnation comes from, is the enemy. Because, that's right. Because you get conviction from the Holy Spirit, not yeah. the condemnation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And that's why you have to, when when you're feeling down, uh, that's why you have to say, well, is this condemnation or is this conviction? Mm-hmm. You know? That's and right. And I think conviction right. is, is more of a, uh, oh, what's the word I can, I can look for? Like a halting in your spirit, something that goes, mm, not right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yes. not. Yes. Yeah. And I think as human beings, we have a tendency, even when we're just being convicted of something, to to pile on to it and condemn ourselves. Yeah. And and that's yeah. a hard habit to break. Yeah. But it's one that has to be broken. It's one that definitely yes, has right. to be broken. Huh. Yeah. See, trimming wicks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not standing for this. It's getting on my wick. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of any more that I'd I'd sort of... uh... Are you going to do any more recordings on Thoughts of the Day? Do you know, I haven't had a chance because I've been so busy trying to get the garden done. I mean, I've got a big garden. And um, I've been working out front, and now we started on drive. Because when when my youngest, he dug it out, I've got tons of soil at one side, tons of t- soil at the other side. And the grass was taller than me, so I said, while it's nice, I'd better start getting that I did, and getting it um, looking more like a, a, you know, a proper drive ra- rather than, you know, this jungle. <laughs> so yeah, I've we've got a jungle right now. Yeah, well, I mean, when we you know when, you know, it's bad when grass is taller than you. <laughs> yes, yes, so this is I'm true. coming in shattered. So, uh, he, I mean, Paul came... Um, yesterday and um, you know we did quite a bit because I'd got this huge bush I've forgotten what it's called it it looks like a palm bush but it isn't a palm and I said that really needs digging out because it's right down at the bottom near the, the fence and it's taking all the privet that I'm trying to grow as a hedge uh, it really needs coming out and putting right back but I'm going to need some help because it's just grown. So I started it off and started moving some at soil. I've got half a ton in a big bag. And then he came and, and he managed to get it out and then dig me some of the large plants from the other side out. And um, I dug up the Montbrecia and I split them all up so that uh, to send them to Mandy and for some for our Paul and some for Meg garden and then uh, he, he went over top half of one pile one side 
with her automator and then we dug it down so I can actually get out of the car when I get on drive. Because I, I just had to squeeze out at gaps. I couldn't talk my door because the saw was too high. <laughs> so I can actually park on drive now. But I've still got a lot to, lot of work to do on it. But it's got to be done, you know. I mean, it's not um, it's not a private house I've got. I mean, I don't own it. It's a, it's a council property, and so it's got to look tidy at front. So it's got to be done. Um, and they don't give you any help. You've got to do it yourself. You're responsible for it. So of course I've been coming in totally shattered. Um, but. You know, things are sort of chugging through my mind, even as I'm working out there, and, and, and um, you know, even when I come in. And I make the odd, scribble the odd notes down as things come. And that's when I wrote that one about the, the darkness one, and I thought that one was was very good, the first part of it. Um, let me have a look. The darkness when, when Jesus died on cross. When I read that, that were astonishing, that, with the details in that. That was three hours of darkness when he died, right? Three hours? Yeah. 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 But the the details, I mean, I just just Google it online. I just put, um, because it goes on about the feasts and it goes on about the different days and how they all, all compare. Um, because I mean we've even mentioned that tonight with the Passover, and um, so when I when I when I downloaded the the details and uh, read through it, I thought, wow, this is really really good stuff. This. <laughs> we'll have to get into uh, that next time. Yeah, it that really. Like I find it. I sent you details, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yeah, <laughs> I printed all mine out when the printer finally worked. <laughs> when it finally worked. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of comparisons to be made in what we saw in uh, Egypt and when when Jesus died and in actual, in actual fact what we've seen today and in, in what it says in Revelation, there's a lot of comparisons of what we're seeing. Oh, we're seeing and, a lot uh, of darkness today, for sure. Yeah. Um, on the land, on the sea, on rivers and springs, becoming blood, on the sun, causing it to scorch, on the throne of the beast, causing darkness, uh, on the Euphrates River, drying it up to make way for the kings of the east, invasion of frogs and demons, Armageddon, on the air causing storm, earthquake, hail, and the great city splits into three parts. I mean, I mean, flipping out, you know. <laughs> you got the trumpet judgments in Revelation, the chalice judgments in Revelation, you got the plagues of Egypt, and they're all, all lined up there. So, I mean, if anybody wants a copy of these, let me know, and um, I'll send a PDF. I mean, I don't take I don't take any credit for any of these. Um, there's some studies I've just found online, and to them got credit. But I just find it 
it, it's something that you can sort of start looking into yourself once you, take, once you start reading it. And that's how we've 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 had these two with a, with a seven with a ten um, virgins and the Jewish wedding. That ominous beautiful face of Hurricane Harvey. Whoa! I'm so sorry. What'd you say? I said I'm sorry. My 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 computer just started. I think they were talking about a. I don't know. I think they're talking to. I don't know what they were saying. I'm sorry. I had a. <laughs> yeah, mine just clicked something sometimes. off. Something just popped up. You know. <laughs> like oh. Jolted me. It kind of scared me for a minute. Startled me. Yes, oh, I get my computer startles me all the time. Does this? <laughs> yes. It was so quiet. I was sitting here listening, and it's all of a sudden it screamed at me. Okay, I have to step away for a minute. Can you guys carry this for a minute? Yeah. Sure. Sir, you know, I yeah. was just saying, I, if you don't mind sending that to me, I would like to, I would like to read that. Yeah, I know I sent it to Dorothy. I can't remember if she's passed. I don't know if she's passed it on. I will ask her for it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the thought it was a solar eclipse. Uh, that went over when 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 Jesus died, and mm-hmm. uh, said no because it were about three hours. But they they go into dates, um, and all details. And I thought, because to me the darkness, it was sort of like everybody's waiting for this eclipse, and I thought it was uh-huh. just like just a good subject, you know. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I know we're sort of running out of things. We're not used to Ros coming on and chiming in. <laughs> yeah. But then again, as I say, I've been really tired with being so busy. And uh, I know, me too. I keep getting reminded I'm not in my thirties. Keep getting reminded I'm not in my thirties anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. Oh yeah. My husband had an accident at work, and so yeah, and I'm yeah. disabled, so I've been trying to take care of him. And oh, mm-hmm. gosh, I'm just so worn out. Just worn out. It's the only word. Yeah. I have for it. I. I. I'm just tired. <laughs> just tired. I can't even think <laughs> straight sometimes. So. I'm back. Hey, uh, okay. we just say, you know, I we can wear a sunscreen. We think we're younger, but we're not. <laughs> oh, I know. I have all these things in my head that I think I can still do. I know. And yeah, says, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Yeah, what are you doing? You know, the next day you're sore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we're already in the garden you're doing. There's a thing about darkness that I have seen several people make allusions to that it was um, that Planet X Nibiru. Yeah. Uh-huh. That 
father used to create the darkness. So. Yeah, the retinat were for that were for. Uh... Oh yeah, go on. Egypt, one sec. Yeah. But it was. It were also said that it was darkness that could be felt. Yeah. Seeing a, pa- a passing planet, it, 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 I don't think that could make it like a darkness that could be felt. I don't know. Cause I don't did know you if... feel kind? Did I feel kind of funny when that there was a a quality in the air when we had the the um, eclipse the other day. Um, yeah. There was there was something there. I I don't know how I would describe it, but um, it, it I've got a lot of people said that. Yeah, it it there was a feeling, and my daughter my daughter lives in in the state I live in, and so actually she lives closer to where it started in Oregon um, than I do. Yeah. I live up up north more, and she um, she she said she felt that too. So. It was kind yeah. of eerie. I guess is the word I would use. It was eerie. Yeah, that's eerie. It was yeah. eerie. It was dark. And it was eerie here too, because you know it's just still. You know, it's still. It's it it eerie. feels like it felt like a storm was coming. Uh huh. You know I how it gets all we, dark uh, and yucky. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. That I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a good description. It. It was a little ominous. Um, yeah. 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 I Even though it feels like, yeah, Hal said it feels like it's going to rain, doesn't it? And I said, yep, feels like a storm. Because mm-hmm, it got very still outside, too, which is what it does before a storm. So yes. It was very still and it was dark and... uh I have skylights in my home, and it was, you know, so they just darkened out the room, the kitchen and the bathroom, and it was, it was weird. It was weird, yeah. yeah. It was weird. And that was just a little old eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a short eclipse. Yeah. See, in that darkness one, we, we, I've got the papers in front of me where they said that uh, Jesus' crucifixion, he says, we've already set forth the reasons, Yeshua, Yahushua, uh, at being crucified in 33 AD. And before we continue, let us rule out one thing. Examination of that time period reveals that there was not a solar eclipse that could have caused the three hours of darkness. Also, eclipses are not three hours of darkness in duration, and it is not possible to have a solar eclipse during the time of a full moon at Passover. A solar eclipse is when the moon gets between the sun and the earth, so quite obviously there cannot be even the slightest part of the bright side of the moon showing at that time. Therefore, the three hours of darkness were just as much a sovereign miracle as it was when Yahweh made it dark in Egypt for three days. And prophetically, they speak of the same thing, while it remained light in Goshen. That's interesting. Prophetically, they speak of the same thing. It went dark over Egypt, 
and the firstborn died. We could do I've that this that week, didn't we, Dorothy? Do you think? What? We could just we could just do a whole show on darkness because it's not just the darkness from the eclipse. Look at the darkness that's settling around the whole earth. There's yes, a it is. There's a darkness in the United States. Is, um, I think I we think should do that next time. I've talked to. Okay. Yeah. What do you think, Sam? Next time we do darkness. Oh yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah, I'm for that. Said that it was the eclipse that actually when it come to me about the darkness. Um. At, 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 what came to my mind was the darkness over Goshen, so I just Googled it and I come up, just picked quite a few and then I put them all together. So if any any listeners want any 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 PDFs, so let us know. Yeah, I think I think uh, Ronnie can post it to the forum too as well in that show notes spread. I don't have it. Did you send it to me? She'll send Should it again, won't you, Sam? <laughs> yeah. I sent yeah. you something. Hold on, let me go. When did you send it? Well, I'm going to remember. Lately, yes. About Friday, I think it was. So. Yeah. It was after the show when it, when it come to me, so it might have been Friday. And I know if she sent it to me, I sent it on to the rest of you. Well, then I don't have it. Let me look in my folders. doesn't matter. We'll talk about this when we... Yeah, yeah we're down to 11 minutes. Oh, is yeah. this the pearls? Pearls from Pam? Is that it? Oh, yeah, that's really no. good. See, I haven't read that either. I've been very, very busy, though. So I'm not... I'm going to settle down and start reading some of these things. Well, some of them are to listen to, like that one with pearls. It's a link to listen to. Yeah, you can send it again to me, okay, Dorothy? Yeah. All right. Just in case. Wait. Dorothy covered. There you go. Oh, no, that's not it. Okay. I tell you a lot of stuff, honey. Yeah. It's, I know. I probably I, overload I, you. I put it here and put them there. I'm looking through my different folders, but I'll, we'll talk about this later when we get off. If I yeah. find it, I'll let you know. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I put it for safekeeping and then I lose it. I've got them all in a, in a, a file on, on desktop and on show notes. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a good show. I I would like to do that yeah. show next week. Okay. There's the 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 darkness from the the eclipse or spiritual darkness in the earth today. There's yeah, that would be a great show. It gives questions and it gives um, some things to to research and it gives uh, charts with with um, comparisons, uh, as I said with. Um, oh. The dates and oh, the that history. Yeah, like I said, you yeah, know, that sounds really good. Yeah, 
Okay. I think they're really good. I think that's uh, something Agape, Ron will like too, so. Yeah, AgapeBibleStudy.com or AgapeBibleStudy.com I just find them all over. That's a very good site. Yeah. AgapeBibleStudy.com, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. I have never. I just just put in darkness, you know, if uh, darkness in Gorshin, that way, and um, in Gorshin, Egypt, and then, you know, you you get several different links. And then there was this one about um, the crucifixion, April the 1st, 33 AD. And um, really, really oh, where, interesting. Uh, see, I did look over some of this stuff because I was reading that's how they got April Fool's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. April Fool's. Oh, I did start that. looking at that. I don't know where I put that, Dorothy. Oh, where is it? Uh, that was really it. good. Yeah, you probably put it in that special safe place. I did yeah. put it in a safe place. <laughs> That's why I don't know if it's in this folder or that folder. Yeah, uh, I found that bit now. It says um, on the table. Yeah, it says always the fall on that day of April the first, thirty-three A.D. It was the one who believed. Here we go. I got it. I found it. The Son of God, Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So com, and then it says Bible-studies.org. Yes, I yeah. found it. I'm gonna let me put this back on my yeah. box. I found it. I knew I'd put it away so that it'd be safe. There we go. Yeah. There we go. All right, it's time to close up shop, girls. All righty. Yeah. Well, 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 thank you, Dorothy. I, I really did like the study, so thank you for letting us go over it again. I can't wait till next week. <laughs> that's that's going to be fun. Yes. I think so too, and I I love having the different perspectives on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It sounds like it's going to be fun to study too, so I like that too. Really interesting. I, I, I like the note where it says that it that the Roman soldiers got back to Rome, and it was sort of spread about from then on that. Um, uh, it came from Rome. April Fools came from Rome. Rome gets into it a lot of times, you know. There's a saying that says, "All roads lead to Rome." Uh, I think we're beginning to see that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very good. All right. Say good night, everyone. All righty. All righty. Good, good night, night everyone. Good night, Pam. Thank you. Good night, Dorothy. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless, everyone. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> I'm going to find that boy one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Good God night, bless. everyone. Father bless. Have a blessed week. <laughs>